The 2-10 Cardinals, winless on the road this season, play Sunday at the 7-4 Steelers. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined in sports by Ray Fittipaldo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. And, uh, Ray, the good news is the Steelers exceeded 400 yards last week uh, after the offensive coordinator change. Was there like a parade in uh, Pittsburgh last week after that performance? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was 58 consecutive games without a 400-yard game. Uh, the entire tenure of Matt Canada uh, as being the offensive coordinator. And don't you know, the first game without him, they get 421, and they actually look pretty good in the process. I know they only scored 16 points, but they had a red zone turnover. They had some uh, penalties that killed other drives. They actually look like a competent NFL offense against the Bengals. So we'll, we'll see what transpires uh, Sunday afternoon at Acroshore. Okay, I was going to get that some of that part next. In fact, you know they did have the 400 yards. They 16-10. They win at uh, Cleveland, but they still got just the one touchdown. Is that still reason for concern with just the one touchdown in that game with all those yards? Uh, absolutely. I mean, you you look at their their stats. I mean, you know, total offense, uh, passing offense among the league leaders. Um, and you know, the one thing that they have been able to do well over the last month is they've been able to run the ball um, 174 yards per game over the last four games. But to your point, it hasn't always translated into touchdowns. I mean, they've played seven, uh, they've played 11 games now, Bob, seven of those games, they scored one touchdown or fewer. Um, It's hard to believe they're seven and four when you, when you cite stats like that, but, um, their defense is really good. They, they, I think they're a top-five scoring defense. Uh, they give up like 18 points a game, and they turn people over. Um, they're, they're among the league leaders in takeaways, um, and, and they just find ways to win. So it's not always pretty with the Steelers. I mean, it might actually be an interesting game on Sunday for Cardinals fans, but uh, somehow, some way, the Steelers usually find a way to come out on top. May not be an interesting game for Cardinals fans if uh, you know Pittsburgh runs the ball and the Cardinals haven't stopped the run against anybody for the weeks, actually. But a little more on uh, the Steelers here. Kenny Pickin, one touchdown pass since October the 8th. Is he auditioning the rest of this season to keep his starting job, or is that too harsh of an assessment by me? Uh, no. I mean, Kenny Pickett has to play better than he has, but I I think by the Steelers firing Matt Canada, I think they were putting a lot of the onus on the struggles on Canada and not necessarily on Pickett. I mean, Pickett is part of the equation. He hasn't played up to expectations, and yes, he will be evaluated. But if you go back to that 16-10 win against the Bengals, I mean, it was like night and day difference. I mean, he was attacking the middle of the field threw for a season-high 278 yards, um, actually had a touchdown pass dropped in the end zone by Deontay Johnson early in that football game. So, you know, I, I can make a case that, you know, after one game it looks like the Steelers did make the right decision there. You know, they very easily could have kept the offensive coordinator and benched Kenny Pickett. I mean, they, they have a, um, a veteran with a lot of NFL experience and Mr. Trubisky behind him, but – by firing Canada, you know, they're saying, okay, we believe in Pickett. We're going to see what happens the rest of this year, and then we'll evaluate it after that. But I, I, I do think just 
by the the fact that uh, Canada was made the scapegoat here, I, I think that does buy mm-hmm. Pickett some extra time. Ray Fittipaldo, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, currently in the sports zone. You mentioned Deontay Johnson. From afar, that's from here, uh, more than occasionally there seems to be something going on with him. Uh, yeah, pardon me if I'm ac- inaccurate here, but is, is he actually – am I, am I making too much out of this? And if I'm not, is he worth all the stuff that comes with it apparently? Uh, you're not wrong. Um, you know, before – you know, this, in this past game against the Bengals, I think everyone saw what happened. He quit on the play and – didn't chase after um, a fumble return after Jalen Warren fumbled, which, you know, it's, it's inexcusable. Um, The week before that, after they lost to the Browns in Cleveland, he and Minka Fitzpatrick got into a little bit of an argument post game in the locker room. And, uh, you know, that was documented um, in the media as well. So you're right. There always does seem to be something with Deontay, um, He's a productive receiver for the most part, but when you look at his production and then you compare it to what they're paying him, I mean, they're paying him $18 million a year, and he only has one touchdown in the past 24 games. And, yeah, he's a great route runner, and he puts up some yardage sometimes, but he's not really a number one type of receiver. So unless you think a number two receiver is worth $18 million a year, he's probably not worth the trouble. Now, having said that, the Steelers have already already paid most of that contract. There's only ten million remaining on that contract for next next year. So, um, you know, if they want to trade him, they've actually might have success doing it because it's it's an affordable contract. Or they could just say, okay, we'll play this out. He'll play one more year, and then we'll probably look to replace him. Um, you know, in 2025. The offensive line, that's been a topic of discussion for at least the last couple of seasons. How do you think that unit has performed this year? Much better than the first uh, six or seven games. Um, you know, they, they, they protected Kenny Pickett relatively well early in the season, but the run game was a mess. And, uh, you know, really since they, they had an early bye, uh, I want to say the bye was after their fifth game. And since then, they've actually they've run the ball really, really well. Um, Jalen Warren is probably their best running back, even though he's considered their number two. Um, he's been really good behind that that line. And Najee Harris, actually, you know, for all the criticism he receives for not living up to being a first-round pick, he actually ran really hard against the Bengals, and he had a season-high 99 yards. So, Things do look to be, you know, uh, you know, coming up good for the running game, and I think a big part of that um, is their offensive line. They spent money in free agency on it. They signed Isaac Sayamalu away from the Eagles, and they uh, used their first-round pick on Broderick Jones out of Georgia. And Jones has been starting for four weeks now, and like I said, that running game has been averaging 174 a game since Jones entered the lineup. He's been huge for them in the run game. Okay, you mentioned the defense. Uh, you know, Cam Hayward back from injury. The numbers with him and without him are drastically different uh, on the positive side, obviously, when he's playing. Uh, lo- looking ahead here, you know, I'm just curious, why are those numbers, you know, the numbers I think kind of explain themselves, but why is there such a difference when he plays and when he doesn't play? Well, he collapses the pocket. Uh, he's their best interior rusher and when you couple that with 
two really good edge rushers in T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith, there's no place for the quarterback to go when Cam Hayward is in there. Now, when Cam missed six games with his groin, uh, he had groin surgery, when he missed, you know, there was more time, and there wasn't that interior pass rush, and the run defense wasn't very good. So, um, you know, you look at what they did against the Bengals, um, I think 25 rush yards on 11 attempts. I mean, after a while, Zach Taylor just kind of quit and tried to uh, didn't even try to run the ball against that defense last week in, in the second half. So um, if they can get that type of production when Cam Hayward is in there, um, they're going to be really tough down the stretch. And they've played the last month without Minka Fitzpatrick, and mm-hmm. it's looking like Fitzpatrick is going to be able to play on Sunday He's been a full practice participant Wednesday and Thursday, and uh, looks like he's going to get a get a helmet here on Sunday. Which, um, you know, I don't have to tell you, he's one of the top uh, top five safeties in the NFL. And uh, when he's in there, he makes a big difference for that back end. What What do they miss specifically when Fitzpatrick's not playing? Uh, he's just their hub of communication, gets people lined up right, and. You know, when he's right and when he's healthy, he's really good at creating turnovers, whether that's by interceptions, forced fumbles coming up in the run game. Um, he's, Johnny on the spot has a lot of fumble recoveries in his career as well. So he's that classic, you know, deep field, uh, you know, deep center field type of a safety. And, uh, you know, he, he's really, really good when he's on. Unfortunately for him, he's been banged up this year. Even when he was healthy, they had trouble stopping the run, so he had to take on a different role. But now that the defense is more intact, Hayward is back, I think once Fitzpatrick does come back, I think you'll see an uptick in turnovers for the team, and I would expect uh, Fitzpatrick to be a big part of that. T.J. Watt, I, I'm assuming he's looking forward to facing uh, the Cardinals, and you know, Paris Johnson has had a rough time in pass protection in his rookie season here. We certainly all understand Watt's impact in addition to Watt, and we mentioned Hayward and Fitzpatrick, anybody else in this defense we should be paying attention to when we watch this game on Sunday? Yeah, look out for uh, inside linebacker Landon Roberts. Um, he was a part-time player for the first half of the season, but they had two season-ending injuries to uh, two inside linebackers. Cole Holcomb uh, went down about week eight, and then Quad Alexander went down the next week uh, with an Achilles injury. And Roberts has really stepped up. I mean, he's playing every single snap now. Um, against the Browns, he had 15 tackles. Uh, once again, last week, I think he led the Steelers with six or seven tackles. So he's really taken on a much bigger role since those injuries. And he's playing really, really well. So um, he's, he's one guy to keep another uh, an eye on. One other guy, rookie Joey Porter Jr., uh, been a starter for about a month now. And he is traveling with the best team's receiver. Did a really nice job on Jamar Chase last week. So um, he's another young guy who's, who's going to make a difference uh, for the Steelers' defense down the stretch. Okay, James Conner returning to Pittsburgh. Uh, he dressed that with the local yep. media here this week. <laughs> is his return a big deal in Pittsburgh? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, he's a guy who's well-known, as you know, the Steelers and in Pitt share a practice facility. So the Steelers have known James mm-hmm. for a long, long time. I mean, they know what he went through with the injuries, uh, with the cancer and him overcoming that. And, of course, you know, James played for the Steelers for 
um, you know, for four seasons before he, he left for the Cardinals. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of respect in that locker room for James Conner, a lot of respect in that front office for James Conner. You know, it just didn't work out. Um, they kind of wanted like a bell cow running back. That's why they drafted Najee Harris. But, uh, you know, James Conner was a really good player for a long time here for the Steelers after he left Pitt. Yeah, I've actually been you know, stunned. He did not much this year, but his pass catching skills, which I didn't really realize uh, he had when he was in Pittsburgh. Were you, are you surprised that he's been uh, as good in that area as he uh, at least the last two years? Not more in the Kingsbury offense than the current offense, but I mean, he's made he, he's like had a ridiculously high catch percentage, etc. And I had no idea he had that skill. He's just a really good athlete, Bob. I mean, I remember. He was either a freshman or a sophomore at Pitt, and he was playing rush defensive end, and he was getting sacks um, in NCAA football games. Now, he, he eventually went to running back full times, but that guy is just hes just a really good football player. So, um, I mean, what did he have a couple years ago? Didn't he have like 15 touchdowns, um, I yeah. think, in 2021? Um, you know, so he's, he's got a nose for the end zone, too. So, yeah, I, I know a lot of the fans at, uh, at Akershore will be, you know, happy to see him and – I'm sure they want him to do well, just not too well in this game. <laughs> okay. Uh, the Cardinals also, uh, you have former Cardinal Patrick Peterson now with the Steelers. How would you evaluate Peterson's play this season? You know, they they brought him over from the Vikings, and they, they, they kind of knew that they wanted to bring Joey Porter Jr. along slowly, and they did that. So, you know, Pat was kind of out of position early in the season. Um you know, he, he's playing outside corner in the base, but they move him around. He'll play slot corner, um, which is where at this point in, in his career he's probably best suited. And he even mm-hmm. plays a little bit, you know, of, of safety as well. So, you know, I think he's 33 now. His days as a premier outside corner are over, but he's actually been pretty solid, you know, since they've moved him inside some of they, you know, they've inserted Joey Porter Jr. as a starter. So, Kind of a rough start early in the season, but uh, I think he's been playing much better lately when he's been in a much better role for him. Okay, looking ahead specifically to Sunday here, uh, what are some of the uh, important factors in this matchup, in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned that the run game, you know, if the Cardinals can't stop the run, it's going to be a long day for them because we saw last week they were used some play action. You know, Pickett actually threw for 278. Um, and the running game was one over 150 again. So, um, you know, the Cardinals have to stop the run. Number two, can Kyler Murray, you know, step up, extend drives, can he make big plays against that, uh, that Steelers defense? That's kind of the one Achilles heel for that Steelers defense. They're among the worst teams in the league with, you know, 30-plus plays, 30-plus um, yard plays. Gave up a couple last week. It didn't really hurt them, but – if Murray can get out of the pocket, if he can scramble, or if he can hit some big ones, uh, they got a chance to stay in this game. Uh, Sears play a ton of low-scoring games, one-score games. I think they're like 7-1 and one in one-score games this year. So it's not going to be – don't be surprised if it's like a close game in the fourth quarter. Um, but if that happens, I think Kyler Murray and his big play ability is probably going to play a big role in that. Okay, so last up here, uh, you, you kind of answered the close game thing. I mean, the point spread's five and a half, six in some locations across the world. Uh, would you uh, advocate uh, the Steelers covering the number? 
I can't believe I'm, I'm going to say it because the Steelers only average like 18 points a game, but I know the Cardinals are struggling. Um, I know they're kind of starting to play for next year a little bit. So I'll say the Steelers cover that five and a half, but I don't think it's going to be more than seven or eight. I, I think it's going to be uh, kind of close to a one-score game, but I'll, I'll say they cover uh, the point spread on Sunday. Ray, always a pleasure talking to you. Thanks. And uh, I'm assuming the Steelers are going to be in the playoffs, so I'm sure we'll catch up sometime either later this month or in January. Thanks, Bob. Always good uh, being on with you. All right. Thanks much. Ray Fittipaldo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Always a fountain of information. And